It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Cruel Coven. What's up, nerds? This is <laughs> Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Tori. We've got our wine. Mm-hmm. And we have our panties in a bunch. And we've got some stories for you. Yeah, we fucking do. You guys know that we have started doing weird, strange, fucked up headlines. And I think Katie's going to go first. I have a headline from Mirror which I think is um, a UK tabloid. I was just going to say it's a UK thing. (laughs) Yes. So a journalist in Australia has apologized after she was caught swearing live on the air on TV. I like her. I know. Oh, this would be me. I could never do what she does. So this is Lana, Lena, or Lana, one of the three. Murphy. So she was on the 4 p.m bulletin she was stumbling over her words and she she fucking dropped the (laughs) f-bomb fucking dropped the f-bomb like i can't say fuck i have to say f-bomb after saying fucking she fucking dropped the fuck bomb guys so she was reporting on the spread of covid in australia when she (laughs) she was stumbling she was trying to get the name of the place right she couldn't like she couldn't get her words out and she looked off camera and she goes fuck my life Is there a video? I don't know. I've got a picture of her. That's I love her. that. <laughs> she thought the cameraman stopped. So she laughed it off and kind of like fixed her hair. Yeah. And like nobody would have known, but the station messed up and they aired that clip instead Shut of like the one sh- that up. she redid, you know? That yeah. sounds like somebody I trying to get love her. go for her. I know. Like right? did some, does someone in the newsroom not like her? But luckily, like that would make me like her even more. Absolutely. So. We love you, Lana, Lana, Lena. <laughs> Lana, Lana, Lena, Lana, banana. If you're listening to this, you can say fuck with us anytime. You sure can. Thank God we don't have to worry <laughs> about like being demonetized for saying fuck. Right? You know what I mean? Like you, on YouTube, Man. you can't say, on YouTube, you can't fucking say anything anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't ever go on there. So I don't know what, I didn't even know what I'm, was allowed. You know, I used to be a huge fan of YouTube, but then I just saw last night, actually, mm-hmm. that they are de- like deleting, um, uh um 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 content from trans creators why no fucking clue or they're demonetizing content from trans creators so i'm probably gonna go on a fucking youtube boycott yeah it sucks for the people that i watch and like that i enjoy watching i couldn't even name a youtuber i don't think oh there's a lot of them that i like i missed that whole thing i think like when that started when people like started subscribing to people and watching them i don't know when that that happened um that's because you were you were in the woods with a man who probably yeah probably um but now that i'm learning more about this like youtube trans creator like haterville yeah i'm like fucking about to just kick them to the curb because yeah. that's fucking bullshit go fuck yourselves you do is that if that's yeah i'm sorry i should say this if that is a real actual thing which it came from a reputable source that i will not name because i don't know if she wants to be named mm-hmm. fuck them yeah yep my next headline is from UPI.com. They always have funny ones. They I don't even know do. if they're true or real, I've, but it's enjoyable. It's just good. Okay, so this is from August 4th. A woman in Colorado said she was terrified when she looked into her toilet and saw something shocking. A snake. 
coming up from the drain. That is a That's big a lot fear. of people. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of that. I don't no. ever think about that. I always think of something trying to get inside of me from yeah. down there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't those ever allow snakes, people to get inside those, of me. Especially those fucking snakes. Especially. They're not going to get in your vagina. <laughs> they are not. Um... <laughs> So Miranda of Fort Collins, she was using the bathroom at um, her apartment it's oh, in an God. apartment building. She said, quote, I used the restroom, like went to flush and everything, and it wasn't going down. I looked Shut in. Up. I looked and leaned in closer and a snake head slithered up. Oh, I was terrified. No. End quote. I yeah. would flip every single uh-huh. shit i have in my body that's not one of my fears but if it were to really happen then yeah that would be a fear fuck yeah it but it's would. not something i think about <laughs> and she even said miranda even said that it's been one of her fears since she was little she says she thinks it might have been a possible pet from someone who lived in her building oh um, the snake got into their toilet and like slither i don't know how God, they could fucking connect i don't plumbing, know i'm not yeah. a fucking plumber the snake was a non-venomous corn snake and the maintenance worker that helped get it out, named Wesley, he actually adopted it. Oh, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley says, has a new friend, a corn snake. <laughs> this is a quote from Wesley. Quote, I took him home and my wife was very happy with me and we named him Boots. Oh. <laughs> He's our little guard snake on the property. End quote. <laughs> I wonder how old Wesley is. My wife was very happy with me. I says. don't think I've ever been really happy with my husband. <laughs> I wonder if that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, That's fucking funny. Right? Okay. I only have one okay. and it's just kind of like a little bit of a silly thing. Mine is from NPR.org and it reads... Typos spell trouble for man's alleged attempt to fake his own death. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. What's he running from? Now, this is from July 22nd. This is a direct quote. It's a death certificate. At least Nassau County, New York District Attorney says it was supposed to pass as a death certificate from New Jersey. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The Long Island prosecutor alleges that Robert Berger, 25, tried to forge a legal document in October in a bid to fake his own death and dodge a likely jail sentence. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the alleged ruse might have well succeeded. If not for the typos. Motherfucking idiot. God you damn. You couldn't use spell check? <laughs> um, okay. Just give it a once over at Honestly, least. Honestly, it, it's not like that was super time sensitive. It was right. in fucking October. Yeah. Okay, this says, quote, Upon inspection of the certificate by the NCDA, it was noted that the font type and size <laughs> changed in the document. Oh, my God. <laughs> it all changed. What a dumbass. No. Additionally, prosecutors observed that the word registry in the department name was misspelled as registry <laughs> in the <laughs> issued by section. <laughs> what, a d- what a dum-dum. No. Quote, after calling to verify the certificate with the New Jersey Department of Health, Vital Statistics and Registry, investigators <laughs> confirmed the certificate was, in fact, fraudulent. Oh, you don't say. You dummy. Berger had been facing sentencing for a pair of felony vehicle theft-related charges to which he had already pleaded guilty. Dumb. Oh, man. But in October, according to prosecutors, his attorney at the time told the court that Berger had died. His attorney was in on <laughs> no. it. Or either that or he just got the, sh- the certificate in the mail. But yeah. come on. Shit. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> his attorney at the time told the court that Berger had died and submitted the bogus paperwork at 
attesting to Berger's suicide. Ooh, so now here's two men that don't fucking feel the need. (laughs) Feel the need to look over something important. Fucking, and come on, that's an attorney. You have to go to school for a little bit to be an attorney, A little while, at least, I would think. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Use spell check attorney. Prosecutors said the attorney later attested that Berger had tricked him into unknowingly participating in the conspiracy, and he well, has since dropped Berger as a client. He's not going to admit that he got fucking... Fuck no, no. he wouldn't. Even if he did. Obviously, yeah. it's it's hearsay. We don't know for right. sure, but come on now. Berger's new representation, the Legal Aid Society, declined to speak with NPR about the case <laughs> on Wednesday. Yikes. He, and this dude... Okay, so he... It says here that he um, faced up to four years in prison so he killed himself over it fakely he probably would have gotten out in like 18 months welcome to america hello anyway so that was from npr.org and i just cannot with them honey shit um before we get into our question how was your week been oh i wish i could tell you (laughs) is it all gone i don't remember it Hmm. i really don't i didn't do anything noteworthy nothing at all huh (laughs) no um, you caught your brother's hair? Yeah. You know what? You're right. I went <laughs> I went and saw my brother and his wife, who I don't see very often for no reason other than the fact that we both just like to do our own things. Yeah. And I gave him a haircut and sh- um, Jenna, his wife, my sister-in-law, made me a meatloaf. I fucking love meatloaf. Her, it was good. Frankly, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about you? How was your week? Um, Had a little trip to the emergency room at 2 a.m. Yeah. on Thursday morning. <laughs> you guys... Before I had a baby, I was a very big advocate for a lot of shit, and I had no idea about any of it. Mm -hmm. But before I had a baby, I was like, I'm never going to let my baby sleep with me. No, I'm not going to do anything that's against the safe sleep guidelines. My baby has been sleeping in bed with me since she was born. Yeah. I'm always very fucking careful. My child wears an outlet. It monitors her (laughs) fucking heart rate all night. How did babies survive? It has a terrible (laughs) shrieking noise. Like come for don't fucking come for me i'm a damn good mom don't fucking come for me at just shy of 2 a.m thursday morning all of a sudden i'm woken up from a dead sleep by my husband screaming fuck oh no and i wake up i sit up and he's like oh my god and i hear this terrible screeching like earth fucking shattering cry coming from my child and I had no idea what to do. And then I, all of a sudden, I just see him like picking her up off the ground and it like registers that she fell out of bed. And I start bawling. She, her eyes are clenched so hard shut because she was sleeping mm-hmm. and she was like, it like just startled her, you know. And I go to like, he picks her up and puts her on the bed and like goes to turn the light on. And I, like go to move her to like pick her up he's like don't move her and so that freaks me oh out even more God, you i'm died. like wait, what <laughs> wait i can't move her so he she cried like that for maybe a minute or two and then she was totally fine but i still wanted to bring her just in case it's a very my bed is a very very high bed and there's a um like multiple things that she could have definitely hit herself in on the way down mm-hmm. hit herself on on the way down anyway so I make Rory sit in the back by her and I drive in the Jeep because I'm like, well, he's going to go in with her. And I get like a little bit into Morris and all of a sudden 
I see flashing lights behind me. <laughs> so I have my child in the back who just fell out of fucking bed. Two fucking f- 15, 220 in the morning. Who's fine. And I'm pulled over. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I know I wasn't speeding, officer. <sighs> so he comes out. He shines a bright light in my face. And he's like, ma'am. And I said, sir. And he's like, did you know you don't have any headlights on? Oh, no. I'm like, I fucking didn't. My child just rolled out of bed. I need to get to the hospital. She could have broken her neck. So all turned out okay. Mm -hmm. They did a um, CAT scan of her head, checked all of her limbs. Yeah. She was fine. She's fine. And then you went on Instagram stories bawling at at your audience. You guys, I'm sure that some of you maybe saw my full on. You know what? I thought that was going to be my biggest mental breakdown of the week, but it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on me. That was today. Um, But Thursday morning, you guys probably saw me crying my little heart out um, about how awful I felt. And I still feel fucking (laughs) terrible. Anyway, so that was my fucking week. (laughs) And today was just as bad because I didn't have my anxiety meds yesterday. Yeah. Woohoo. All right. It's time for the QOTD. The QOTD. Okay, this is from Erica uh-huh. in our Facebook group. 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 Okay, she wants to know, did you ever witness a crime or hold significant information of a crime? I don't think that I have. Have I ever witnessed I mean, I've witnessed like law breaking, but nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've done my own fair share of oh, law breaking when I was a sure. kid, you know? I will say one time when I lived with my husband before we moved to where we live now, his grandpa owned a scrapyard. Yeah. And we were living right across the street from the scrapyard on a dead end road. Like there's no reason for cars to be down there, especially at nighttime when the scrapyard is closed. Right. We saw this car parked right in front of it, like idling. So we went out and we got in our car. We're like, we're going to see what these fuckers are doing. And they fucking <laughs> speed off. Mm-hmm. And like, we followed them, but we weren't like behind them, you know? Yeah, I remember We were just this. like <laughs> tracking to see where they were going. Uh-huh. And I think that they like noticed that we were following them. And they fucking speed off and fucking run into a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously they were up to no damn wall? good. They like shit their pants. And they like, were like turning and hit like the corner of a building. Yeah. Yeah. So they I just, don't know what they were doing. I, I I don't know, but maybe some drugs. We saw or them, you know, hit this wall from far away, and we're like, okay. <laughs> so we called nine one one. I'm uh-huh. like, I don't know if I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're hurt. I don't know if they fucking have shit in their car that they stole. I don't know. Uh-huh. So that yeah. was the end of it, though. We never heard any more about it. I don't know. I don't think I ever witnessed a crime, America. Yeah, like a, a crime, crime, right? Like a crime, crime. like a, cr- a noteworthy crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Crystal has a question as well. Okay. She wants to know, what's your favorite way to get rid of a body? Well, of all the times that I've done it. Maybe having a little bonfire would be the most intelligent way. Let's say that the bonfire was like in the middle of, maybe like in rural Illinois. Okay. And like where it's normal to have like bonfires, you know? Yeah. Like on a summer night. Sure. Like drinking a summer shandy. And a sangria. Yeah. And just burning a body. <laughs> <laughs> and like further away, like like you like you wouldn't burn a body that you killed. I wouldn't burn a body that I killed. We would have to switch off. Oh. You know oh, what I mean? How many are there going to be? No, no. Um, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of times... When people like dump bodies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like off of a ravine or on the side of the road. Sure. They have it in their heads like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Like this, I'm not responsible or I'm not, I have nothing to do Blinked. with this anymore. Yeah. 
But that's not fucking true. No. They get caught a lot of the time. Also, it's called surveillance footage. Yeah. So you could be on so many different mm-hmm. fucking cameras. So it only makes sense that you you keep the body close to you, mm-hmm. right? You take it home, you fucking pack it in kitty litter and uh-huh. let it mummify itself. Yep. You don't get rid of that body for anybody. Right. You keep it. <laughs> you decide what you're going to do with it. You guys. You can bonfire it. You can mummify it. You can bury it. So, yeah. I mean, well, I would yeah. say that you you, you got to keep tabs on your bodies, people. You, you got to keep your bodies close and your enemies closer. True. That means you keep your bodies on your property <laughs> and just wait till the cops come. Don't <laughs> say a word about it. Okay. And don't let them know that we gave you this advice. Just a little disclaimer. And if they ever find it, just start screeching at them. Go, caca! We've got two disappearances today yeah. of two beautiful young women. Yep. And you're going first. These are both t- recent too. I'm going to take it away. Okay. I'm just going to start with an article from the Sun-Times Online. Okay. Quote, more than $28,000 in reward money is being offered for information about a letter carrier who has been missing for two weeks from a South Chicago neighborhood on the South Side. Kiera Coles, 27, who is three months pregnant, was last seen leaving her apartment October 2nd, 2018 near 82nd Street and Coles Avenue, according to a missing person alert from Chicago Police and the National Association of Letter Carriers. Mm. Coles was described as a 5 foot 4, 125 pound black woman with brown eyes, black hair, and a medium brown complexion, police said. She has a tattoo of a heart on her right hand and a tattoo that reads Lucky Libra on her back. The U.S. Postal Inspection Service said Coles works as a letter carrier and is offering a $25,000 reward for information about her whereabouts. Community activist Andrew Holmes said he was also offering a $1,000 reward and the National Association of Letter Carriers was offering a $2,500 reward. Our thoughts and prayers are with Kiera and her family, and like everyone else, we hope for a positive outcome to this situation, Mac Julian, president of the Chicago branch of the NALC, said in a statement. Here in Chicago, her local union is doing everything that we can, and we will not rest until she is located. Anyone with information about her was asked to call the Area South Special Victims Unit or the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, end quote. Number one, I think it's a little bit strange that people are being told to call the U.S. Postal Service, like her job. Yeah. That's a strange thing I don't know me. if that's because, you know, maybe like people that were on her route saw us. I don't know. I don't. That's that. You would think out you would weird. call the police. Uh-huh. You would think so. Um, and like I said, that is from the Sun Times Online. So clearly, I am going to be talking to you about the disappearance of Kira Coles. I remember seeing when it happened, when this yeah. happened. Yes. Yeah, so I, I remember maybe... For like a week, I would see things, articles, uh-huh. online, and then nothing. Yep. Nothing yep. ever came of it. No. So that original article was published on October 8th of 2018. Now, on October 17th of 2018, the Sun-Times published another article saying that police now believe that foul play is suspected in her disappearance. So he, when I was researching this case, I we had talked about like who we were going to do this week. For whatever reason, Kiera just came into my head. Mm-hmm. And it, 
I had only saw a little tiny bit about it. I remember it happening, like we said, yeah. back in 2018 in the fall. But I don't, I didn't remember like much about her case. So I was yeah. really intrigued because I was like, oh, I really should learn a little bit more about that because I didn't pay enough attention to mm-hmm. it. So on October 2nd of 2018, surveillance showed a woman in a USPS uniform caught on tape by a neighbor of hers. It shows her walking past her apartment, and then, once she gets past her apartment, she turns around, like, fairly abruptly, and then she walks across the street and out of the line of sight of the surveillance equipment, and isn't that just how it always fucking goes? Right. I wonder if it was, like, a ring doorbell or something. I'm not you sure know? what it was, but it's it's hard for me to believe that no one else on that fucking street yeah. had any surveillance footage. Now, I'm pretty sure that they didn't, because her dad, Joseph Coles, has been extremely instrumental in her case. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know if he's still down there. I believe that he is. But he has been down, like, in the area that she disappeared. He was living in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Ever since she disappeared, he has been on that avenue. Uh like talking to people handing out flyers like waiting for her trying to get information Mm. um so i'm sure that that would be something that he would have asked neighbors you know what i mean yeah what a good dad honestly now something that i found out as i was doing my research is that the morning that this surveillance footage captured her she had called off of work according to her job but she was in her uniform Yes, actually, according to her mother, okay. she called off work, but that surveillance footage captured her in her postal service uniform. Yeah, and that's not something you can mistake, really. No, you know, you no, know what, that's exactly, yeah. everybody sees those uniforms, yeah. we know what they look like. And I don't know about you, but I know when I'm going to work, I have to wear dress clothes because I'm in marketing. And when I'm at home, I look like a slob. Yeah. I don't change my clothes. I don't shower. I don't do anything to make myself look halfway decent. Right. So if I'm going to call off work, I'm not going to put on my USPS fucking uniform. No. That's like the the last thing you want to no. do. Especially Be when reminded you're twel- of work. <laughs> exactly. No. Especially when you're 12-ish weeks pregnant. Yeah. And you're probably having morning sickness. And if you're not having morning sickness, you're still feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. Because it's just part of the fucking program when right. you're pregnant. So you're not going to put on your goddamn postal service uniform and go walk around outside. Now, in early interviews, her mom reported to like the the media that she spoke to Kira every single day. She called her in the evening of October 2nd when that surveillance footage was captured that morning. Okay. And she didn't answer. And she thought it was kind of weird, but she's like, oh, maybe she's, you know, doing whatever. And then the next morning she called her. She didn't answer. And then her mom called her job and the job said she hadn't been at work. So she called the police for a wellness check. And in the meantime, her mother, and her mother's name is Karen Phillips. So Karen went over to her apartment and she saw that her daughter's car was still out in front of the place. Okay. And somehow Kira's mom and sister were actually able to get into the vehicle. I don't know if they called like a locksmith or what they did, but they did Mm -hmm. something. And they got in and they found her wallet, her phone, and her lunch sitting in the vehicle. So Kira's mom said that she called Kira's boyfriend of like six-ish years. His name was Joshua, Joshua Simmons. So later on, Kira's mom had said that that was the last time she spoke to Joshua Simmons Mm. when she called him that day to like be like, hey, we can't find her. Yeah. Apparently he's out of town and has been since she went missing. Oh, convenient. Yeah. At least that's what a couple of different media outlets said. All right. Here's what we know about Kira Coles and what I learned after doing almost an entire week of research. 
She's a beautiful black woman who was reported missing on October 2, 2018, at the age of 26. She was pregnant at the time, right around three months along, as it said in the Sun-Times article. Her due date for her baby was April 16th of 2019. That makes me, like, choke up Mm -hmm. thinking about that. Her family called Kira... Kiera the boss Coles because she loved to boss her family around which is just funny like (laughs) my family should I wish my family called me that right her dad actually did a radio interview and he was talking about how they that was like what they called her as of January 21st of 2020 the reward was upped to like between 46,000 and 46,500 dollars for information that leads to Kiera's whereabouts okay so we know that she was last seen near 81st street and Vernon Avenue which is where her dad is always at now Mm -hmm. and that is located on the south side of chicago in the chatham neighborhood kira had moved into her new apartment not long before her disappearance and she purchased a new vehicle too she was just extremely extremely excited to be a mother she was doing everything the damn thing yeah so she was just really like she had a great head on her shoulders. She was looking forward to being a mom she was doing all of the things that she needed to do to prepare for her baby Mm mm-hmm it was reported somewhere that she was almost like convinced that he was going to be a, that the baby was going to be a boy Aww. and he was going to be a junior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the father of the baby is Joshua Simmons. Like I mentioned her longtime boyfriend and it's reported that Joshua Simmons had children with another woman, which is like not uncommon. Right. There's many people in the world to have children with other people. And, but then he also, it's also reported that he dated another woman named Kiera. Oh, really? A Kiera Smith. And all three of them Kira Smith, Kira Coles, and Joshua Simmons worked at the U.S. Postal Office. Oh, really? Isn't that strange? That is it's just weird, now, yeah. That's that was from a couple of different media outlets, but I never once heard, like, her sister or her mom or her dad talk about that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, there's not a, we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Now, either that Kira Smith or the other woman that he had children with was reported to be pregnant at the same time. Oh, yeah. But media outlets report so much, like, varying information Mm -hmm. on this. So I didn't want to, like, concretely say something and it not be Yeah, you don't know what's a rumor, what's not. I just don't want to do anything that could potentially, like veer people away from the truth Mm -hmm. when this is an act it's a missing persons case yeah so i have a thought okay and i don't have many of them so take me serious now okay what if kiera wasn't planning on calling off from work what if that was kiera in the video she went to her car she dropped off all of her stuff she was going to do something else and then somebody called her from over here Mm -hmm. so she walks across the street somebody that she knows very clearly it would be someone that she knew yeah if it wasn't Number one, why the fuck would she go? Number two, she would have grabbed her phone. Right. Right? So what if she was going to go to work that day? But what if someone else called her off of work? Or forced her to? It would make... obvious that she was going to work. She had a lunch. Exactly. It would make sense as to why not only she was dressed for her job, but she also had her phone and her her lunch in her Mm -hmm. vehicle. Yeah. But let's continue on. Wait. No, we can't continue on because there's no more motherfucking information out there about her case. Yep. Kira Coles went missing on October 2nd, 2018. We have her pictures. We have her description. We know she was about three months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. And we know that she was a United States Postal Services worker. We know that she was dating Joshua Simmons. And that is it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That is all the information that is out in the world about a 26-year-old missing black woman from Chicago. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
And I guarantee you, if that was a white woman missing from Chicago, who was from the north side of Chicago, yeah. who was, you know, working as whatever, and who had a prominent fucking family, a white family, it would be all over the fucking place. Oh, her, for sure. Her fucking, uh, what is that called? Her her astrological, her astrology sign would be out yeah. in the fucking media. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking piece of her would be out mm. there we would see all of her fucking social media we'd have fucking quotes her fucking third grade teacher would be talking right. about her there would be so much fucking shit out there and there's nothing and you know what guys we live close to chicago right if there were news we would see it there's not Absolutely. there there's has nothing not been. Nothing. Even like online, the very first article was like almost a week in, mm-hmm. in the media after she disappeared. Yeah. It wasn't the same yeah. day. It wasn't no. the day after. The very first published article was a week after she was already gone. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's crazy. And then to if me. like like on my Facebook, if someone you know, if I see something about it, it's like, oh, you know, that one missing pregnant uh mail carrier. Right. You no, know, you know her. Right. Her, no one knows her name. Nope, nope. That's how, and I hate to say it, but that's how I knew her. Yeah. The missing mail carrier. Yeah. Her name's Kiera Coles. Right, right, exactly. Now, like, if that, like, it's just so fucking, like, infuriating to me. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute, too. All right. <laughs> I got real Midwest. <laughs> <Not> quick. <laughs> okay. Now, the latest update in Kira's case is, at least the one that I found, and this is from ABC7 News Chicago, quote, Chicago police announced Friday that the investigation into the disappearance of a pregnant postal worker has been suspended. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is mm. at the end of July. Okay. Police say that they have suspended the investigation due to their detectives exhausting all leads. <sighs> it's been two fucking years. Uh, yeah. Like, I, get a new lead. Do something. Her father is out where on the street where she disappeared from every fucking day mm-hmm. aside from taking a fucking piss break yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. care about the fucking people in the city of chicago yeah. enough to try and bring this woman home mm-hmm. you dig deeper and you you don't stop i understand there's a lot fucking going on in, sure. in our city so oh my god it's like it's fucking maddening when i realized just like how little information is out there about her case mm-hmm. i instantly got fucking irate like i saw red i ended up i've never tried to insert myself into a case before because who the fuck am I? Right. You know what I mean? I'm 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 not anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but when I read this and I didn't even read it, right? Like I read what? A, a half a page of a of an article about her. Mm-hmm. That's all that is reported. But anyway, so I got so fucking mad that I actually called <laughs> Got on my little phone, went to the Chicago PD's website, found the fucking special investigations unit information. Oh, no. And I started calling mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was just like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I called three times in a row and I got no answer. And let me just fucking tell you, let me just throw this out there. The fucking voicemail for this department is the most unprofessional fucking shit that I've ever heard in my entire life. It's fucking like fuzzy, staticky. You can't even hear what the detective is saying. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts you off. You can't yeah. even leave a fucking voicemail. Right. What if there's information? Fuck. Exactly. What if that's the number? Where is all of that yeah. going? What if that's the number someone was given to call in case they heard God. anything? And that's that's what they get. Fuck. 
anyway, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm calling again tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to call. Do I know what I'm going to say? Absolutely the fuck <laughs> not. But I'm going to talk to someone. Anyway. <laughs> I'm very upset about this. Like, and so uh, fucking imagine being the, her family. Right. Or her friend. Her unborn fucking baby. Yeah. One thing that I would really love to find out. Who made the fucking call to her work? Yeah. Look into the fucking phone records. That's what I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Can, I'm going to ask. Did you look into the fucking phone records? Can mm-hmm. I do your job for you? Right. Because somebody knows something. Yeah. And maybe, obviously, they're not going to tell me anything, but I'm going to fucking try. Now, this is a direct quote, okay? We have a pretty good idea of what transpired. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now, it's a matter of finding evidence, a Chicago police chief told Dateline. We are out of the opinion business. We base everything we do on fact and evidence. A detective's personal opinion, quite frankly, doesn't matter. Well, sometimes it needs to. The same police chief said police know that there is a minimum of two or three people of interest who were the last to see Kiera before she disappeared. Now this is continuing the quote. We've narrowed down our group here to a personal associate of hers, a friend who was one of the last people to see her, he told Dateline. The chief declined to comment on that person's name, how Kira knows them, or the other associated people of interest. We haven't found her yet, and that puts us in a difficult position. That's from NBC News on March 11th, 2019. So basically, the police are only releasing the fact that they have somebody that they maybe think that it is, or maybe a couple people that they maybe think it is, but they have nothing that they can do about it. Right. I mean... You'll see in the case that I'm going to do, going to do too. Mm-hmm. It's like there's only so far you can go. Yeah, I don't know if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I don't. I don't. Or if they are. they've really hit a wall. I don't know. Yeah. But so after I got very pissed off and called this detective three times and had no idea what I was going to say to this detective, I decided to do a little more digging. I found. A quote from Ebony.com, quote, an academic study analyzed news coverage of missing children and found that only 20% of reported stories focused on missing black children. Mm -hmm. That's 20% out of 100 in case you're a Nimrod. Yeah. This, despite the fact that black children account for 33% of total missing children cases. In other words, missing black youth are grossly underreported in the news. For missing girls, it's even worse. When black girls go missing, far too many people don't know or don't care. True. End quote. Mm -hmm. That's from ebony.com. And then I kept going, kept digging further. Quote, the harsh reality is that an estimated 64,000 to 75,000 black women and girls are currently missing in the U.S. And that's from the Women's Media Center. Hmm. How many of them do you hear about? Right. That's a hell of a lot. No. Now, I wish that I could talk a little bit more about this, but I don't have anything else to go off of. Yeah. Rest assured that I'm calling that detective again. Okay. I did when I was like looking at all of this shit about how black women and black girls are so like, and we know this, we Mm -hmm. knew this. We know that black people in general do not get the media coverage that they deserve. Right. And that the media portrays them in a fucking negative light. Right. No matter what. Mm -hmm. But I feel like since I was doing this case and researching it, it just hit hit more home and I got more pissed off about it because I felt so invested. I wanted to find out what happened to this woman. Right. I found a really amazing organization when I was doing this research and it's called Black and Missing. And I'm going to read a quote like directly from their About Me page. It says, quote, 
Black and Missing Foundation, Inc. has been established as a nonprofit organization whose mission is to bring awareness to missing persons of color, provide vital resources and tools to missing persons' families and friends, and to educate the minority community on personal safety, which I fucking love Mm -hmm. that. It was founded in 2008 by a veteran law enforcement official and public relations specialist. BAM5 will create public awareness campaigns for public safety and provide parents and loved ones of missing persons with a forum for spreading the word of their disappearance with pictures and profiles of missing individuals. BAM5 will use a variety of media, including print, television, and the internet, to help locate missing persons of color for the severely underserved population. It is a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and their website is blackandmissinginc.com. I just found them, and I just wow. fell in love with them because yeah. it's just such a great tool for people out there who need this Mm -hmm. and that is all i have for kira coles and i'm sorry and i wish that i had more and this is definitely a case personally for me that i'm going to keep trying Mm -hmm. on and i'm not going to stop calling that detective i know it sounds like a joke now but it's not we're gonna have we're gonna need weekly updates from you absolutely if you got a hold of of that detective i i want to i want to even obviously she's not going to be able to say yeah we already subpoenaed you know three people's phone records yeah but i'm going to put that in their ear because i don't think that they're doing anything yeah i don't know uh, you hear it all the time right. and even her father has said they're yeah. not they're, no one is helping him right but i mean the thing is no matter what the cops are doing or not doing someone knows something exactly somebody knows exactly. something my thing is if you did subpoena phone records we know more than likely when someone goes missing or is murdered or whatever Nine times out of motherfucking ten, it's someone that they're close to. Yeah, and there's and there's not even an option to leave a voicemail. Yeah, that's pathetic. And that's the that is the number for the special unit department. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, in the city of fucking Chicago. Fuck me. Anyway, that's it. It's so fucking sad. It, exactly, because like she, she you could just tell from looking at her she she was so fucking vibrant. Yep. she's a beautiful young woman she literally had her Mm -hmm. entire life in front of her and maybe she still does so many people are just writing her off yeah like in the media yeah blog post i was reading Uh shit online we don't you don't know that this woman is deceased until you have a body right that's my opinion yep and even if the fuck she is do you not want to know who the fuck did it right but it's a reality you know and people need to fucking talk about it all right, buckle in for this one. I know you probably wanted to fucking dine and dash after that, but you need to <laughs> buckle your ass in. We still have another story. I'm telling you about the unsolved disappearance of Caitlin Akins. I don't know anything about this one aside from a little bit as I was telling the NBC reporter mm-hmm. about, um, like from the charlieproject.com that I saw. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. And I feel like I remember just before you start let me just insert my opinion wait move your mic down a little there you let go. me just insert my opinion here before you start i somebody covered this case like it might have been even like a dateline thing or a, something mm-hmm. on oxygen but i only remember the very first little tiny bit yeah yeah i remember this story i i forgot a lot of these details and there's yeah. a lot of details there is a lot out there about caitlin which is good but also i mean sad you know it's just 
how it fucking happens and it's not fair. It's not fair. They all deserve this much. Right. You know? Shouldn't the color of your skin should not define right. people wanting to solve a yeah. murder or a disappearance case. Mm-hmm. So Caitlin was nineteen years old when she disappeared. Her family describes her as quirky, emotional, a really smart girl. She was one of those kids who didn't have to try in school, you know? She kind of just got it without having to study. Mm -hmm. That was not me. That was me. (laughs) And I'm not even saying that to rub it in. That's just... Yeah, yeah. It was so easy for me Mm -hmm. until I got to college. Yeah. And then my world fell apart. (laughs) Um, She actually graduated high school early at only 16. Wow. That wasn't me. Mm -hmm. She just kind of wanted to be done and get you know, get that part of her life out of the way so she could start living her life. She was just like way past high yeah, school. Yeah, she was already. just done. She's from Fredericksburg, Virginia. I have done a lot from Virginia. Yeah. I've, I've realized, I didn't realize that hers was in Virginia until I started researching mm-hmm. it. But this is where she met Amber Rios, who's just a few years older than her. So Caitlin was 19 when she went missing. Amber was 21. At the time that Caitlin yeah, went the, missing? Yeah, at the time she went missing, yep. The two were actually neighbors and friends. They grew up just down the street from each other. They had known each other for years. But when they were still preteens, Amber and her family moved to Arizona. They stayed in touch with each other, and as they got older, their friendship turned romantic. When Caitlin turned 18, she took off to Arizona and moved in with Amber, and then they got engaged. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Arizona is the complete opposite end of the country, but Caitlin kept in constant contact with her family back home in Virginia. They were close. Mm -hmm. Gabby, who is Caitlin's little sister, they're only like, I think like a year apart. She said that she talked to Caitlin all day, every day. They stayed really, really close to each other and they told each other absolutely everything that was going on in their lives. Um, Lisa, who's Caitlin's mom, she even said that, so like she'd go work an eight hour shift. She said she would get two to three calls in that, during that shift from Caitlin. Oh, wow. And if she couldn't answer Caitlin, then she would get text messages from her. Like, why aren't you answering? What are you doing? Where are you at? So like, when I say like constant contact, I mean all day, every day, literally constant. So it's December of 2015. Caitlin is 19. She visits Virginia. She flies back to Virginia for like a quick four-day visit with her family. So Gabby, her little sister, like I said, she just had a baby. And his name is Landon. And he was only two weeks old when Caitlin came to visit. So that was like the main reason why she came back was to meet her new nephew. Of course. Um, Caitlin loved kids. She grew up taking care of her cousins and, and her little sister. It just seemed like she was like so loving. Sure. Caitlin also had recently decided that she was going to start cosmetology school in Arizona. And classes were actually starting the week after her visit. So now was like the perfect time to fly back home, see the baby, maybe do like a little Christmas before, you know, sure, before right. the actual Christmas. But like right. it was the only time she could come and things were about to get really hectic for her with school starting. Her family thought that cosmetology was like the perfect career choice for Caitlin. She really liked to help people. She was always kind of like experimenting with hair, nails and makeup on herself and like her friends and family she liked to be different she wasn't afraid of expressing herself with her clothes or like her she had like wild hair a lot of the time there's a lot of pictures out there of her with like blue hair purple hair i don't i don't know if i saw two pictures where her hair was the same oh wow yeah um she would do different haircuts she had she liked to get tattoos piercings she just loved it all all of it she liked art yeah 
And yeah, you could tell she was very creative mm-hmm. and just, you know. So it's Thursday, December 4th, 2015. Caitlin's back in Virginia for her visit. She spent a few days with her family, and it was two days before she was due to fly back home to Arizona. So Caitlin's able to fit in a quick visit with two old friends from high school. These two friends were now a couple. It was a guy and a girl. The three of them had known each other for years, and they were just kind of hanging out. They were drinking, they were playing cards, they were catching up on each other's lives and like how things were going after high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And before they know it, it's the early hours of the morning. And they'd all been drinking, so the couple just invites Caitlin to sleep over. They said, we'll drive you back to your mom's in the morning. You know, none of us are in any position to be driving right now. So just sleep over and it's cool. So that's what happens. She sleeps over and they drive her back home the next day. Back at her mom's house the very next day. So this is Friday. Beauty school actually starts Monday. Okay. And this is Friday now. Caitlin makes a note to herself and she tells her mom too, don't let me forget to grab my high school diploma before I leave. I, she's, she was going to need it to finish her registration at school for beauty right. school. She was pumped the fuck up to start school. Yeah. Like, she was so excited. It was all she could talk about. She really needed to take that diploma with her. So the next morning, this is Saturday, okay. the day that she is supposed to fly home. Caitlin spends a little bit of time with her family and her new nephew and Lisa, her mom, She tells Caitlin, you know, I have to work today. I have asked James if he can drive you to the airport. So James Branton, he is Lisa's ex-husband and Caitlin's former stepdad. Right. Caitlin calls James to double check that he can can drive her and he agrees. So clearly everyone is on decent terms with each other. Caitlin was excited to get to see James while she was there, even if he was just driving her to the airport because she hadn't seen him in a long time. So Lisa and James, so mom and James, had met in 2005 when Caitlin was only seven. So this is like 10-ish years ago? Mm -hmm. They got married and they stayed together for like six years. So James was around for a lot of Caitlin's like growing up like her really Mm -hmm. her like formative years yeah he was a father figure to her because Caitlin's biological dad left the family when Caitlin was just a toddler and I don't think she had any contact with him okay I think he was just gone yeah Lisa says that James's relationship with Caitlin and Gabby was really good at first when they first got together he spent a lot of time with them when they were little he'd help with homework he'd take them to go do stuff like dad you know yeah dad stuff like dad yeah Yeah, Yeah. they went on family vacations. But towards the end of Lisa and James's relationship, he kept in contact with the girls and he came to like some birthday parties and holidays and shit. But you could tell that his relationship with the girls kind of fizzled out when he and Lisa got divorced. It just happened. happened. Yeah, which isn't fair to the fucking kids. But what do you do? You know, so it's 9 a.m. Saturday. Lisa drives Caitlin to James's house which isn't that far from her house. And Lisa takes off for her shift at a store where she was like, I think she was an assistant manager. Gotcha. Um, Caitlin and James have a quick chat and they take off on their 60 mile drive to Reagan airport. Wow. So it's kind of like us to the airport. Yeah. Right. So James is an insurance agent and he had to work that afternoon around 3 PM. He said, because of this, Caitlin agrees to go to the airport four hours early. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had no other ride. Right. She probably felt bad as it was that he was driving her all this way. I would. I would feel bad. Yeah. Um, Her flight was taking off at 5.40 p.m. And James was supposed to drop her off at around 1 p.m. Okay. 
Lisa, who's at work now, she gets a text at about 1.53 p.m. from James that read, I dropped Caitlin off. And Lisa's just like, okay, thank you. How was traffic? And James said, not too bad. And that was that. Yeah. But a few minutes later, Lisa gets a text from Caitlin that says, I'm at the airport. Battery is dying, so won't be able to text for a bit. I don't feel good about that. Mm -hmm. A few minutes later, Lisa learns that Amber, Caitlin's fiance back in Arizona, got a completely different type of message from Caitlin. This message to Amber read, Something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I can get a new flight. Fuck. Yeah. And then in another line, like another message, I won't be able to text for a bit. So Amber had called Lisa like, what the fuck is Caitlin talking about? Right. Lisa's confused as shit. Like, no, Caitlin does not have another flight. That's her only flight. Right. That was a flight she was supposed to get on. And she was dropped off. Right. So they're hearing two different things from Caitlin. And Caitlin's phone is either off or their numbers are blocked or something because their calls aren't going through to her. Mm They keep trying, they keep messaging, and Lisa takes a break at work to call around to to her family. Like, she's trying to figure out if anyone else knows anything about this abrupt change of plans. None of them hear anything back from Caitlin. No one can get a hold of her. So Lisa's shift at work finally ends, and she decides to send James a text. Like, what the fuck, you know? Right. She asked him where exactly he dropped Caitlin off at. He says, oh, I dropped her off at the Springfield Mall. (sighs) Yeah. What? Yeah. He told Lisa that Caitlin wanted to be dropped off there. According to James, Caitlin decided to hang out at this mall that was, I mean, it was kind of close to the airport, um, but she was going to hang out at the mall for those four hours that she was going to have to wait. He told Lisa that he gave Caitlin $20 to take the metro train to the airport when it got closer to her departure time. Caitlin's family immediately was like, what the fuck? No. Right. That makes no sense. Number one, none of us have ever heard of that mall. Right. Number two, Caitlin would have no idea in the world how to even get on the train. Right. And I felt this in my soul. (laughs) (laughs) She'd never done it before. She was not like an experienced writer. Um, she and her mom's like her mom goes I watched an interview and her mom's like she would have never figured it out right and like I understand that like it might sound dumb to some of you who are listening but I get it I would I would have so much anxiety I wouldn't have a fucking clue where to begin getting on a train yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. we talked about that one time yeah like taking the train to the city like okay we're gonna have to look at the website like figure out how to do this six months prior we must check the train schedule yeah and then we should call and find out where exactly we purchased the tickets yes so like (laughs) I I get it things have to be planned out Mm -hmm. can't just be willy-nilly drop me off at a mall and I'm gonna figure it out right right it's family her family's like no she's not gonna know what the fuck to do exactly and stressful anyway like flying days are fucking stressful anyway because it's like what if I don't get there in time? What if it takes a yeah. long time in security? Yeah. What if this? What, what if, if I can't that? find where I'm supposed to go? Right. Like, where is yeah. my gate? Like, it's mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to go hang out at a mall. Yeah. And her family knew this about her. You know, they were very, very, very close. They right. knew that. So Lisa's at home. She's still trying to get a hold of Caitlin. She's leaving her message after message. No one is hearing back from her. No one at all until about 7.15 p.m. Lisa gets a text from Caitlin saying she's staying with a friend. She needs time alone. And then Caitlin's phone stopped taking calls again. So I don't know what that was. I don't know if the phone was being turned off or like I said. Airplane mode. Yeah, something. 
So, of course, Lisa's like, well, where the hell would she have gone? Like, right. what friend? And it like, doesn't sound like that is something that she would do anyway. Right. Yeah. Number one, it didn't seem like she wanted to be alone. Right. She was excited. She was mm-hmm. happy. It's not like she was in, like, a depressed state yeah. or anything outwardly. Mm-hmm. And if she, she probably, if something was wrong, it seems to me like she would want to be with her family. Right. Yes. She was so incredibly close with them. So, Lisa's like, is she just being a dumb teenager and doing yeah. dumb teenager things? Like, why wouldn't she have gotten on that plane? Plus, her fiancé was back home waiting for her. They yeah. loved each other. She was going to be yeah. starting school. Yes, starting and she school. she was fucking excited yeah. about it. Starting like school in, in a couple days? Yeah. Yes. So things were just not adding up. So these texts from Caitlin, Lisa and her family had noticed that they were like weird for Caitlin. Not just because of what they said, but because Caitlin just, she didn't text like that. Yeah. The texts were like one after another, like double texting, you know, like how I do. Yeah. I send one thing and then yep. another and then another. Hey, she didn't are do that. You. Yes. Calling to come. <laughs> Sometimes I even do one word at a time. <laughs> yep. Caitlin didn't do that. She would send everything in one paragraph. Yeah. Some people might like write that off, but I think it's something. So fucking you, something. Yeah, if you're talking to someone every day, all day right. long, you know how they text. And you know, do they type in full sentences? Yes. Do they, you know, shorten because to be yeah. C? Do they use yeah. punctuation? Yeah. You're going to know those I things. would know. I like. I, I can sense when something's off with you. Yeah. Because we message all day long, pretty yeah. much. Right. Like, I just know. Around the same time Lisa received that last text from Caitlin, Amber had gotten one, too. One last text. Hers came through on Facebook Messenger. Oh. And it read, I can't come back. I cheated on you. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. The message didn't look the way that they were used to either. Like, it was just off. Like, yeah. they also said Caitlin used a lot of emojis, like, in every text she sent. Yeah. None of these had any emojis. Nothing. According to Amber, her and Caitlin, they weren't having any issues. They had no history of cheating on each other. And Amber could not think of a reason why Caitlin wouldn't want to come back home to her. Yeah, right. And think about how awful that would be to be Amber sitting yeah. hundreds of thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. I don't know how fucking far that is, but whatever yeah. you get. It's on the opposite side of yeah. America. Yeah. Just think about how fucking awful that would be to be her just like sitting there like yeah. a fucking sitting duck, not knowing what the fuck was going on and right. getting super confusing text messages. And not being able to help. Right. Being so far away, you know. The family was just completely thrown for a loop because if something was bothering Caitlin, she showed zero signs of it while she was there. Yeah. So they call around to her friends. They didn't really get anywhere. They call the airline to confirm that she did not get on the plane. She didn't. James said Caitlin didn't mention anything of the sort. She didn't mention meeting up with anyone. He had no clue why she didn't want to be dropped off at the airport. He didn't really think anything of it. So throughout the next day, they all keep on trying to get a hold of Caitlin, but her phone is still either off or blocked or whatever. They don't hear a word from her. They call the Metro. They call the airline again. And then they call the police who say they can't help yet. It's too soon. Of the fuck, of course. It's too soon. Caitlin's an adult. It's not like she's like a missing child, which is fucking stupid because if the family knows something is off, it's off. Listen to to them. That shit needs to be fucking changed. Mm -hmm. Now it's Monday morning. This is the day she was supposed to start school. It's Monday morning, two days after Caitlin was supposed to fly home. Lisa goes to Spotsylvania PD, which is the county that they live in, to report Caitlin missing because it's the county that Lisa had last seen her in. That's where James lived. That's where she dropped her off Mm -hmm. to go to the airport. 
they have her fill out a report, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of thinking the same way, like she's a runaway, you know, they didn't seem overly concerned. But as Lisa is filling out the missing person report, she's pulled into a room. Ooh, okay. Police tell her that Caitlin's suitcase was found on the side of River Road, which was close by, over 50 miles from the airport, mind you. And the airport is 60 miles from them, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the suitcase is found close to where Caitlin's mom lives. So Caitlin's suitcase, it had a broken wheel. It looked like beat up. It was in really rough shape. Lisa said it looked like it was thrown from a window. It was just all torn up. But what's even weirder, is weirder a word? It is now. What's even weirder is what they find or don't find inside of the suitcase. Fuck. Caitlin's wallet is inside of it. Her debit cards, her ID, cash, her phone charger, her toothbrush. But no phone, no clothes, no high school diploma. What? Yeah. No. News begins to spread about Caitlin's disappearance. The media covers it. It's it's everywhere. And Spotsylvania PD begin an investigation due to these suspicious circumstances. Like, that's not normal. Yeah, right. Detective Rob Marshall heads the investigation, and he starts with interviewing Caitlin's family and friends, like, extensively. He wants to know their connections, like, the nuances of the family, how they acted, like, everything. Right. Like, I could tell from watching this um, documentary how, like, thorough he was and how much he cared. And I wish they were all like that. Fuck I really me do. Too. He gets a statement from James as well. His story stayed the same. He dropped Caitlin off at Springfield Mall close to the airport at 1 p.m. near the J.C. Penney entrance. He dropped her off early because he had to go to work at 3 p.m., which we knew. Right. No big deal. So Detective Marshall calls the mall, and he asks for security footage for the day Caitlin went missing. He also asks for footage from the metro and from the airport. He found that Caitlin's plane ticket was still active, meaning it hadn't been used. And five days after Caitlin's disappearance, a search and rescue team scoured Rappahannock River, which runs along the road where Caitlin's luggage was found. Okay. They were looking for any sign of her, like clothes, possessions, her diploma, anything. They even did a 30-mile aerial search by helicopter. And they used whatever that technology is that detects heat, they used that. But they didn't find a single trace of Caitlin. Nothing. So now we're at one week after Caitlin vanished. Okay. Detective Marshall goes to talk with that couple that Caitlin spent the night with two days before she disappeared. The one Ooh, she was drinking about with them. and spent the night at. Okay. You know. Um, he learns a lot there. They were drinking and playing cards and talking all night, but he learns that one thing led to another and they ended up being intimate. No. All three of them. The next morning, Caitlin. No. Yeah. The next morning, Caitlin was regretting it hardcore. I'm sure. And the one friend said that she was just kind of in a funk, like she was not okay that it happened how it did. She didn't. She didn't want to do yeah. that, but it happened. Right. They had both known Caitlin for years, but nothing like that ever happened before between them. Yeah. The friends were very honest, though. They told you know yeah. they told this to to the detective straight up. They were straightforward. Um, they said that they drove her home the morning after, which they did. Mm -hmm. So that message to Amber was true, but we just don't know if if Caitlin sent it is the thing. Police also found a message on Caitlin's social media from the early morning hours of her disappearance that said, I don't want to be here and I don't want to be there. 
meaning Virginia and Arizona. God, fuck. I don't know, though, who that was sent to. Right. I couldn't find it. I don't know if they know. Yeah, right. Maybe not. But it's something. Right. So they start to think, like, was Caitlin getting cold feet about her engagement? Was she just, like, panicking and she took off? Possibly. But her family really, really doesn't think so. Yeah. The police even set up undercover officers by places around town that Caitlin would frequent. They were trying to see if she would show up, you know, mm-hmm. but she she didn't. She never did. They had no more leads. They had nothing else to go off of until they get Caitlin's phone records and things get even more strange. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Hold me. So they see the text from Caitlin to Lisa, the one about her being at the airport and that right. her phone was almost dead. They see that text, but Caitlin's phone records show that she was not in Springfield or anywhere near the mall or the airport when she sent that. Okay. Her phone pinged off a tower in the Fredericksburg area when she sent that. 50 miles from the mall, like where mom lives. Right. With and, James, Yeah, perhaps. and five miles from where her luggage was found in that ditch. Wow. They get that surveillance footage from the two cameras outside of the JCPenney entrance of the Springfield Mall, where James says he saw her last walking towards the damn doors. Right. Where he dropped yes. her off. Caitlin was not on any of the footage from that day. None I have of it. Fucking feeling. Yep. Neither was James or his car. Not there. He. It, it didn't happen. They find nothing on the metro surveillance footage or the airport footage either. Like not a fucking trace of either one of them and any of these three places that that he had mentioned. Right. None of them. Now, James had been very cooperative so far. He sat for interviews with the police. He made himself available to them. He seemed like genuinely worried about Caitlin. Right. But now, after they find all of this stuff out, they start to get really suspicious of him. Like, that's fucking weird, okay? You don't say you're going to do something for your ex-daughter, technically. Ex-stepdaughter. Yeah. And give her mother your word. Yeah. And get a young woman somewhere safely Mm -hmm. and then tell her mother that you dropped her off very specific location. Yeah. Only to be a fucking lying scum. So obviously they think that he knows something. He holds the key to this, but he's not telling them. He's not, he's not, his story isn't changing. He's sticking with what he said. Right. But they have to rule him out at the very least. If they want to move forward in the case, they got to get past him. Um, They ask him if he's willing to take a polygraph test. He says, yes, that's fine. They schedule it for just after Christmas. So Christmas comes and goes. It's about time for James to come in for the polygraph. And right before he's supposed to be there, James calls the police department and he's like, nope. I'm not coming. Uh, motherfucking course. Mm -hmm. He says that he talked to his lawyer. His lawyer advised him that he should not take this test. James told Detective Marshall, you're looking at me like a suspect and I'm, I'm not doing it. And Detective Marshall was like, no, I never called you a suspect. I only said that we have to rule you out before we can continue on with our investigation. And shouldn't you want us to be able to keep going? Exactly. He said, you saw Caitlin last. Like, we can't move past you. We we have to know everything before we can, you know, we we need to rule you out. And since you said you were somewhere that you clearly weren't. Yeah. So James is like, well, I already told you what happened. I'm sick of repeating myself. And he just hangs up on the detective. Oh. Mm -hmm. So this is a month out from Caitlin's disappearance now. 
Police have enough to get a warrant to search James's 10 acres of property. He lives in the Partlow area of Virginia. It's like 50 miles south of the Springfield Mall. It's not far from like where Caitlin's mom lives. He's got his house. He's got outbuildings. I mean, multiple vehicles. And then behind his property is all swampland that he owns. Uh, they have oh. yeah. They have a warrant to search everything including his electronics. Oh. His house was Caitlin's last confirmed known location, and they searched for over eight hours at his property. But they only left with more questions. They didn't find anything. There was no trace of Caitlin or any of her possessions anywhere on James's property. So James keeps on maintaining his innocence. He sticks to his story. And police start thinking, well, maybe Caitlin did run away. And James is covering for her because parts of his story just don't add up. Like he's involved somehow. Right. But but it's not it's not adding to up. To what extent? And if they didn't find any like indication of foul play, they think, well, maybe maybe he's just covering for her. Right. So remember how Caitlin's phone was actually 50 miles from where he said he dropped her off at? Right. James's phone was too. Oh. Yeah. Every single communication from his phone on that day pinged off a cell tower in Partlow where he lives. I fucking knew. Yeah. I knew it. James also said he had to work that day at 3 p.m. Remember that? Well, they asked his employer and they said that James called off work that day. Of course You lied. You lying sack of shit, James. Why? Also remember... Did you think that no one was going to find that out? Right. I don't get it. imbecile. I don't get it. Also remember how Caitlin's family was trying to call her nonstop and they couldn't get a hold of her, but they weren't weren't giving up. They just kept calling and calling. James didn't try calling Caitlin once. Not once. And you would think that he would because he was the one responsible for her. For, right. For, for her, for getting her there. Right. And you'd think he'd want to find out, like, what the fuck is going on right. so that he wouldn't be a suspect. I'm getting fucking fired up now. So Lisa is pissed. A uh, duh. She's yeah. terrified. She's heartbroken. She goes to James's house to confront him and ask him, like, why he's being such a shady bitch about this. Okay, Mama um, Lisa. She asks him, like, why did you lie? According to her, he wouldn't answer her. He wasn't talking at all. He just kind of shrugged her off. And, like, you know, like, what do you do at that point? You can't make someone talk. And that that's even yeah. more maddening mm-hmm. when they do that and behave that way. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Um, He wouldn't return anyone's calls. He just kind of, like, locked himself the fuck down. So, obviously, to everyone, this is suspicious. Duh. Caitlin's family thinks he knows something. Like, he has to. Right. And if he's simply covering for Caitlin, why wouldn't he want to clear his name? And you're impeding on a fucking missing person's investigation if you you are. Yeah, if you didn't do anything wrong, clear your name. I understand not wanting to take a polygraph test. I get that. I don't fault him for that. But you don't just shut the fuck down. You know what I mean? You keep in contact. You You have a mother who doesn't know where her fucking child is. Yes. God. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin's family maintains that she just, she wouldn't do this to them. She wouldn't just leave everyone behind. Lisa says that she doesn't think Caitlin could stay out of touch with them intentionally for that long. She just couldn't do it. And especially she just had her nephew just born. Mm -hmm. Gabby thinks that Caitlin could have been talking to someone online who she met up with. And maybe the person turned out to be a predator. Now, Caitlin's phone records show zero evidence that she was talking to any strangers right before she disappeared. But 
Listen to this. Sometimes Caitlin would use this encrypted messaging app, and police cannot access those messages. No shit. Yeah, so it's possible that she, I mean, it's possible. She yeah. could have been in contact with a predator who she didn't know was a predator. Right. It would explain the weird messages, you know, like if like someone had gotten a hold of her phone and wanted right. to throw her family off. And it it would explain like her suitcase being discarded, you know, right. if, if she was abducted and they, they got rid of it. What it wouldn't explain is why the predator kept her diploma. That Yeah, it's true. I know. That is what's throwing me off mm-hmm. almost because she the was, most. Because she was not going to forget that. She no. had it with her. Right. So, but that is kind of where her case stands today. Fuck. Her family and the cops are still hopeful. Um, they still do everything that they can to get her name and her face out there. Her family's trying to move forward, but like, how how you do can, you? How can yeah. you? Yeah. Caitlin's case is still very much open. She's considered missing and endangered. Yeah. I'm just going to give her description and some phone numbers. And then after this, Tori's going to give phone numbers about Kira Coles, who to contact if you have information on her. Caitlin was 19 when she disappeared. She would be 24 today. She had blonde hair when she went missing, and she has blue eyes. She's five foot four and 122 pounds. She has her nose, belly button, and lip pierced, and her ears are gauged. She has a butterfly tattoo on her right arm. It's five butterflies on her right arm, a tattoo of three stars on her left foot, and she was last seen wearing a dark gray fleece pullover with the Bass Pro Shop logo on it, black pants, and black and pink Vans tennis shoes. She wore dark framed eyeglasses. If anyone has any information, they're urged to call Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office at 1-540-528-7155 or Spotsylvania Crime Stoppers at 1-800-928-5822. Crime Stoppers also has a text tip line, and we're going to put all of these numbers in the show notes below our website and social media. So just to remind everybody about Kiara Coles, she is five foot four and 125 pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. She, just to remind you, has a tattoo of a heart on her right hand and a tattoo that says Lucky Libra on her back. And anyone with information on Kiera's whereabouts is urged to call the Chicago Police Department's Area South Special Victims Unit at 312-747-8274. You guys, those are incredibly heavy cases, but they are Mm -hmm. both so fucking needed yeah like you need to hear these things Mm -hmm. like it's you know at the end of the day we're a true crime podcast how many people are going to like know the whereabouts of these women but social media is such a great tool if you use it the right way yeah yeah we want you guys to share our posts the missing posters that we're going to post about them right share them you you don't know all it takes is one person let's share something that could potentially save someone's life give 
a mother, you know, mm-hmm. piece. You yeah. know, let's let's share something t- today on this fucking Thursday that is going to do good or has the potential to do good mm-hmm. and not just frustrate people like fucking Trump memes, okay? Right. Like, and, and we all do it. I'm not saying like, oh, right. I, I only talk about the most profound things on social media. No, yeah. I share the dumbest shit on there too. Yeah. But I'm just saying let's do better today, mm-hmm. okay? That's all. Yep. Now... To just switch lanes, okay? You Katie. all know what's coming. Katie, what are you reading, watching, and listening? Well, I'm still reading Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. It's a long book, okay? I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm fitting in pages where I can. Yeah. I finally finished What We Forgot to Bury in My Mare in Montgomery. Oh. I put that one aside for a long time, but yeah. then I went back to it and I got like really engrossed in it. Really, really good. Fucked up. Pregnancy and infant loss is a big Ooh, theme, God. so if that triggers you, maybe don't read it. Yeah, no. But it was really, really, really good. I, I, I didn't guess what was going on. Um, I'm listening to, so actually, The Fall Line has started a new series called Florida's Missing and Murdered. There's probably a lot. Yeah. If you don't know about The Fall Line, if you've never listened to them, they cover marginalized cases from the Southeast. Their first episode in this series is about the murders of Terry Ann Summers and Deasha Andrews, who were two trans women killed in the early 2000s, who I'm glad to know more about, because once again... They're, they're, these aren't the cases that make headlines. No. Thanks for the info. You're welcome. What about you? What do you... I'm not doing any of that. I know you. I knew you weren't. I just can't. <laughs> I don't... I, I want to. You need to. I, w- I want to. You I need re- to. <laughs> I, re- I really want to. I'm... Yeah. You need to take like just like a day, dude. I would love to take just like a week. Well, yeah, and I not mean, look at a computer at least a once. day, but ideally yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm very deep in edits for this next book, and mm-hmm. after that, it should be better, right? I really hope so. I really fucking hope because so. our next book, we're I, we're not putting like a hard no. timeline. No, we we're don't have a gonna, hard timeline. We're just gonna do it. We're just gonna do it when we can, as we can, and I think it'll end up being a better book for yeah, it. So. I agree. Yeah, I'm not. I I'm only working my ten yeah. jobs. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And taking care of the baby and trying to make sure she doesn't roll out of any more beds. Yep. Add us. So, <laughs> we're bad. <laughs> All right, everyone. For our new listeners, there's been a lot of you lately. A lot Send of us you. your, like, your stories, your fucking weird stories, your ghost stories. We haven't done ghosty shit in a long time. We haven't done ghosty shit so, in quite a while. Send us anything you would like at cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. I'm looking at you weird because I'm just thinking like you're asking for trouble. We don't want crunching up your face. We don't want anything that you would like. Like we don't want nudes. Yeah, but you guys, we don't know. There's so many new uh, coven members, and we don't know you. So like, come say hi, please, or or, like message us on on Instagram, message us on Twitter, tell us who the fuck you are. Yeah, because we reply. Yes, we do reply. (laughs) You know what? That's that is really frustrating. Like when I was only like a reader and like a podcast listener, Mm -hmm. I would a lot of times like to people's stories, I would reply like if I saw something cool Mm -hmm. or I would be like, hey, you're like my biggest fucking inspiration or hey, I loved that fucking podcast. Thank you for doing that. People don't fucking reply. And I get it when you like I would assume if they're really, really big, they get so many messages. I understand that. But like that's not us. We no, we do, you know. We're we're peons, except we've yeah. been growing quite a bit. Lately. We have been growing, um, but we still we want to hear from you. Yeah, we, love we really it. do, and we like to interact with you guys. Yeah. So, um, you can come see us on Instagram at Cruel and Unusual the Pod. I tweet at Cruel 
unusual pod. We update our website when we can, when we're yeah. not having mental breakdowns. Eh. That's updated with um, info about our episodes, our sources. Our sources are always in our show notes below. Yep. But the website, back to the fucking website, that's got our merch, our brand new beautiful merch. Beautiful merch. You guys, yes. so many of you have been buying merch. We have had so many fucking I merch orders. I love it. And we've had so many people like shout us out like on Instagram yes. or like less less on Facebook stories. Yeah. But a lot of times on Instagram yes. stories, you're like wearing your sh- your cruel coven shirts. One you're, of us. You're taking One of drinks us. of your coffee out of your fuck One mugs. One of us. We love it. Anyway. That is at. <laughs> that is at www.cruelinkmedia.com. You can come join our Facebook group. Please do that. We want to so talk to you. There. That is Cruel and Unusual colon the, the group, group on Facebook. So come join. Don't feel weird. Just do it. Come. We're I'm- not going to do an embarrassing welcome to the group, Sarah. No. <laughs> We're just, you can just sneak right in and just start commenting on shit. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we're going to know that you're new, but the rest of the club are not going to. It's fine. It's fine because I don't like to be introduced to a fucking group. <laughs> and I'm just assuming you don't either. I'm buzzed. <laughs> Oh you guys, God. we pro- we hereby promise not to make an awkward fucking welcome post, <laughs> yeah. making you introduce yourself on it. I swear I won't do it. Fucking just, just come, please come join us. Yes, and just don't feel weird to say hi because I know how that feels and it is awkward, but we want it. If you want it, we want it. <laughs> it's both awkward and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, this is getting we, like way out of hand. We have to get the fuck out of <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, we because, gotta go. But here's the deal. I had a big mental breakdown today. <laughs> yeah, you probably and exhausted you guys, yourself. I just real quick note. Everyone's turned this fucking shit off. <laughs> if, but if you haven't turned this shit off yet, um, when I say and when Katie says like we have a mental breakdown, we're not joking no. about mental health. No. They actually are. We've got I, fucking problems. <laughs> I'm diagnosed with anxiety, OCD, PTSD and depression like Mm -hmm. you name it I fucking have it and I'm medicated for it and if I say that I'm having a mental breakdown it is not a joke it is not something to take lightly I mean don't worry about me I'm fine but it means something is going on yeah we're not she's not just saying that yeah we gotta go we gotta go okay okay love you bye love you bye Wash it down with wine. That's what we do. Hmm. Wash your feelings down with the wine. Don't let them come back up. Keep them suppressed.